In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Well, he has trouble with the spin, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was is now in. And a very happy Monday to you. T.C. Martin with you. Ballpark Frank. And yes, we were off since last Wednesday we reconvened. Hope everyone had a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoyed your turkey or whatever your food of choice was over the weekend. But yes, four-day weekends come and gone. We're back at it again today. Live and in color. That's right. No black and white. No tape delay here. Obviously, we are here, and uh, glad to have you with us. A lot to cover on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition. And today on the program, Steve Berline will join us from CBS, the former quarterback. Look forward to uh, his thoughts as we have a lot of football to cover and more football tonight, hopefully more football tomorrow as well, too. So all that coming your way today on the program. Matthew Holt will join us a little bit later on as we talk about the sportsbook side of things. But, uh, yes, before we get going, uh, welcome back, uh, Frank. Off for a few days. Numchuck back here. Re-energized, revitalized. And uh, hope you had a very nice, calm, mellow Thanksgiving. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was nothing special. No, no big events or nothing like that. Kind of just kicked back at home and watched a lot of uh, football and college basketball and different things that were going on like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was semi-mellow till last night's... Um, Packers scrimmage at Lambeau. So yeah, I'm glad you say it was a scrimmage. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was absolutely <laughs> atrocious. So pretty much ruined my whole weekend. Go, Pat, go! I hate you, Numchuk. <laughs> yeah, I don't see. I, I, I'll just never understand. I'll never understand why you get so revved up and and hyped up and distraught and angry about the Bears losing. To the Packers. It's just because you know what's going to... How, how long have you known me? It, I know, how long it, have you known that's me? That's my point. I thought you would get better. Why would you... Th- I have never forgiven Isaiah Thomas for not going to DePaul it's with Ray stupid. Meyer that's when him and Mark Boyer could have won. I don't let grudges. go of things. I, but why are you surprised? I just don't like it. Well, it's ridiculous. Deal with it. And here's the thing, because... You know that they weren't going to win. Oh, I know. And you pick against them every week just about. I don't think you've picked on them one week, and that's smart on your part, okay? And then you've gone with the Packers. I think your best record all year is betting on the Packers and on Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina did it for me again. There you go. That's my point exactly. So why would you get upset and say, I hate this team or whatever? I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Okay. Just go with the flow. Let me try to make it in an analogy that you can understand. Okay. If you suspect and really even know in your heart your wife is cheating on you, when you catch her cheating, do you feel good about it? No. How is this an how is this analogy even because, comparable yes, to Packers and Bears? Because I love the Bears. <laughs> you love your wife. I don't like the Bears losing and screwing me over every time I watch them play that stinking team in Lambeau that shouldn't even be there if it wasn't okay. for George Hallis so, insisting that they stay So here the we go. If you want to put it in that context, okay, then hate the Bears for sucking so bad. I do. Don't, I hate them okay. for my entire life. If you've ever heard me say, I love the Bears, I hate their front office and their management okay. and everything else. I've always hated them. They're disgusting. They're ridiculous. The fact that the 85 Bears only won one Super Bowl is absolutely atrocious. Okay, but to put it in the context that you laid it out to me, I'm going to put it on you. I know you're not married, but say if your wife is cheating on you, okay, don't hate the guy. Hate the wife because she's doing it to you. Thank you very little. Hate them both. Okay, there you go. I but have enough hate you to go around. Hate your bears and don't hate on the Packers. The Packers did nothing to you. I absolutely anything, hate the Packers. They put money in your pocket and W's in the win column on our on our contest. You know the gentleman that thank the Packers precedes us here. 
Yes. Brian Blessing. Yes, another double V, by the way. Told me years ago, I think you enjoy the Packers losing more than the Bears winning. And I'd have to say that's probably an accurate statement. I despise them. I hate them. I loathe them. I wish that they would take a smart bomb, drop it on Lambeau Field, and make the world's largest cheese melt. I can't stand them. Again, what did they ever do to you personally? They beat my team over be- and over and over Because they're again. better than your team. They're better than those ham hogs, those sandwiches, those ham and eggers. Just accept it and, no, say, and no. say, you don't need to no. hate the team that beat no. your team. No, no, no. I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, I drink Coke myself, not I, Mountain Dew, but, you know, whatever. It's not a Coca-Cola product, by the way. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Yes. I would just like to see you be a little more mature, Frank, if I could say that. Why? Be the media mogul that you're supposed to be. In my life. Don't be that guy that we always talk about, those those ham and eggers so that hang out the sports So you want me to be a phony? You want me to be a phony nah, poser? Because that's what I'd be being. No, I just want you just to... Again, you know, you're... If I tell people I don't hate the Packers, I would be a phony. <sighs> but you don't need to hate the Packers at, at, at your, uh, in your position in your advanced age. You don't need to do that. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to do a lot of stuff. It doesn't mean I don't do it. I don't need to drink all this Coke that I do. I know it's not that good for me. But I'm not going to stop. I just don't know where we got cheating wives come into play. We have Coca-Cola, you know, coming into play and other things. I, I just don't get it. I mean, you should come on this program today and say, yes, the Packers defeated the Bears. The Bears were horrible. The Bears should think about another coaching change, quarterback change. Uh, be analytical about it instead of saying that you, you hate the Packers and you want a bomb to drop over uh, Lambeau Field. I mean, come on. that's We, we don't need that. Not drop over. Drop right on it. Well, yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> well, no, we don't need it. And, okay, you want me to be analytical? The Bears' offensive coordinator is absolutely horrific. There you go. They still don't have a quarterback and haven't had a good quarterback since Sid Luckman or whatever. Uh, Jim McMahon won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't a great quarterback. He handed off to Walter Payton a lot, threw the ball once in a great while. To uh, you know, the Willie Galt, the great sprinter, then had some good possession receivers like McKinnon and other guys. So they were good back then. They're always led by their defense, and now even the defense is getting tired. They weren't close to Rodgers last night. Looks like the team has quit playing. Nagy yesterday after the game saying that they need to show some pride and man up and do some stuff. I agree with him, but he also needs to do a better job coaching. They've been horrific for a long, long time. The front office doesn't have a clue. They took Jabriskie when they could have got Watson or, of course, that guy named Patrick Mahomes. So, yes, they screw up over and over and over again. So, yes, there's a lot to be analytical about, and I would love to see them get it right but they haven't done it in years the one time that they had a team that should have been a dynasty and since we're on the radio i'm doing the air quotes right now with my fingers won one friggin super bowl because that's how inept they are that's when mccaskey was there they finally got rid of him and he was mowing the lawn at the practice facility literally he was literally the groundskeeper at the practice facility. But no matter who has stepped in, they still continue to screw up. And it would happen before that. Papa Bear George Hallis was so cheap that he didn't have a lot of great teams. They had a lot of great teams in the 50s and before that, but they haven't in a long, 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 long time. Even George Hallis had George Bland in and said, this guy's not a quarterback, I'm going to make him a kicker. So it's more than my entire lifetime that they've been a screwed-up organization. And you should be used to it, I guess. I and am not, used to and it. And not get so upset about it. But it doesn't mean I have to accept it. It doesn't mean I like it, because I don't. I still think one of the most miraculous things in history is that Lovey Smith and Rex Grossman brought a Bears team to the Super Bowl. And they're both terrible. You know, this team was 5-1. and one. And I remember when they were, what, 3 or 4-0, and oh, and you were saying, yeah, it feels pretty good, but because we all knew what the but was going to be. Yes. yes. Five and one. Now they have now lost five in a row. And of course, They're on it, was a pretty easy. Roll. it was pretty easy. It was pretty. It's pretty easy to lay eight and a half with the Packers last night as well, too. I wish you would have done that. You might have felt a little bit better, but you're going to tell me, well, I can't bet against my team. So you just want to have the anger and the angst and, uh, and continue to just be a, a uh, you know, uh, a target on your chest there, uh, you should take advantage of it and start start betting against your team. 
Well, it, it, it's one of the few times that I didn't book the Packers in, yeah. in our best bets because I, I couldn't take because I just couldn't do it against the Bears. <laughs> yes, I knew what was going to happen, but I'm not doing that. If you were in a contest and you lost by one game, you'd really be. Well, if I was in a contest with actual money or something like right. that, it might be a different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what do I tell you every week when I have picked the Packers? I hope I lose this bet. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, that usually hasn't been the case. You've been on a roll there. There you go. Good for you. But Coastal Carolina, rolling once again. Yeah, absolutely. All right, there you go. You want to go back and look at our best bets? They're on the website at tcmartin.com. I had another game canceled. I know you had the Clemson-Florida State game the week before. Yeah. I had a game canceled this past week. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, and uh, we do have more breaking news. So... We know that the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers game, which was originally scheduled for Thursday night, got moved to Sunday morning, actually Sunday afternoon, one fifteen East Coast time. It was going to be 10.15 our time on Sunday. And uh, then they moved it to Tuesday. So we've been anticipating a possible postponage again. Well, guess what? We just got it. The Ravens and Steelers will now play Wednesday. And this is a slippery slope, and obviously, like we just talked about, the NFL does not want to move these games. Okay, you don't want to go to this Week 18 and postpone, or actually move back the playoffs, potentially the Super Bowl. You don't want to do that, and especially when the Pittsburgh Steelers are involved, because the Steelers have been have had the misfortune of, of more so than any team haven't had a bye week yet. They're 10 and 0 right now. They were visibly upset about the news about the Ravens, uh, you know, getting COVID, and they wanted to play the game Thursday. They wanted to play the game Sunday. They wanted to play the game tomorrow night, and now they're going to push it back again one more day. Will this do any good? I don't know. But you still have Lamar Jackson. You still have Mark Ingram, Brandon Williams on the defense side of the ball. You have all these guys that cannot play Tuesday. Now, if you move it back one more day, is that going to mean they can play? I don't know. But the, the the Ravens were supposed to play Thursday night, you know, for this coming week, whatever we or next week or this coming, yeah, uh, week thirteen, I guess it is. Now that game is going to get moved to to Monday. So now you're dealing with a team that has not practiced in over eight days. They've had to do Zoom meetings, all this stuff, not get on the field, and there was news today that there were Ravens players that said, "Man, we don't want to play." So NFL is trying to do the best they can here. And it seems like they have succumbed under pressure again, not to put it back to Week 18, but now put it back one more day. So I think for the first time that I can ever remember, we're going to have Wednesday night football. So there you have it. This game is now going to be on Wednesday. And if you bet the Steelers like I did, hopefully it's still on your ticket. You gotta wait one more day. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's hoping that it, it goes on that day. Because I know the right? Ravens. Uh, there was reports today that they have more COVID cases, and now we know the Steelers also have some COVID issues going out there. So I'm not sure that pushing it back makes it that much better. If it just gives another day for more players to test positive for COVID nineteen, yeah. And then, like you mentioned, what's it? Okay, they're playing on a Wednesday. So what about the the games for the teams the week after that? And what's going to happen with other things? I know the NFL just announced today, giving people a treat, that uh, that on Saturday, December 26th, they're going to have a triple header. So the day after Christmas, we'll have some football games, assuming that they can all play on that. But, yeah, this thing here with the Steelers and Ravens, it's like, I mean, think about that. It's now almost a complete week from the original date. It's six days since it was supposed to be played because this was a Thursday game. Mm-hmm. It, it's insanity. And we don't know for sure it's going to be played on that day. Meanwhile, the Broncos play a game yesterday, and they play with no quarterbacks. They don't get to move anywhere. The NFL says, no, you guys did it to yourself, so you're playing the game. Bring up some ham and egg wide receiver guy that's not even a quarterback to play quarterback, and let's see if you can break some records. Oh, oh, you made history. You completed one pass in the first half, or no passes in the first half. Haven't done that since Tim Tebow in 2011. Way to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that that was another fantastic story again. But again, with the COVID, the and I understand why the NFL wants to continue to play through this because it is only going to get worse. And we knew this a long time ago. Once the winter time hits, there's going to be more and more COVID cases. These communities will have rising numbers, and we're seeing it. And the NFL says, you know what? We're going to continue to play. 
in, in basketball as it goes on now, specifically in, in college basketball, they're trying to fight through this because they do not want to lose March Madness again. They don't want to lose an entire season again. And But, you know, no one is really talking about postponing a lot of college basketball games right now. The focus is on the NFL, and the focus is on COVID. And it's – I think if you are the NFL – you have to try to continue to get your schedule in. You want to watch out for the safety and everything. But you're right. There, You can make the argument there's a double standard here. You look at the situation with the Broncos. All right, well, they find out a couple days before that uh, – actually, the, the day before they find out that they lost all three of their quarterbacks. You go ahead and, and lose Drew Locke, Blake Bortles, and in uh, in Brett Ripien, and so what do you have to do? You don't have a quarterback. This story is so crazy; it can only be on a terrible Tuesday. And I'll hit it again tomorrow. But since it is relevant today, and we're talking about more postponements, you know, with the Ravens Steeler game, why did they play the Denver Broncos New Orleans Saints game yesterday? Well, because they figured, hey, uh, those guys who had it. They were by themselves, those three quarterbacks. They got together on Tuesday, which is their off day, to go over some game film for the Saints game on Sunday. So I guess they should be commended for that aspect, but they weren't in direct contact with anyone else. So they said, you know what? We're going to go ahead and play. The NFL says, we're going to go ahead and play this game anyway. And there are some people like Kareem Jackson for the Broncos who says, you know what? I think the NFL wanted to make a statement and say, um, you know, we, we kind of did it to ourselves here, which might be some truth to this matter. They were watching film. They didn't have their masks on. They were not social distancing. And you wonder, well, how did people know this? Well, the NFL went back to surveillance footage at the Broncos facility and saw what happened on Tuesday. And so, yeah, they were not in the mood to postpone a game. The Saints have already done their traveling. They were in Denver, ready to play. So what do you do? Someone has to play quarterback. Now, this story is bizarre. I can't remember ever hearing anything like this. So with no quarterbacks, the Broncos decided to go, you know, NFL, we're going to try a last-ditch effort here. First of all, let's, let's postpone the game. Denied. Then they came back and said, well, our quality control coach, you know, he's – a former quarterback, and he actually has been running the scout team for us. Is it okay if we have him play? And the NFL, Roger Goodell said, excuse me? What are you talking about? They were dead serious. They petitioned the NFL to try to have the quality control coach play. Now, we talked about last week how crazy the whole Vanderbilt situation was where they brought the female goalie from the women's uh, soccer team on the roster, she was never on the roster. I guess anybody could be put on a roster. And so, you know, we saw what happened with that thing. We'll talk about that tomorrow as well, too. Yeah, Sarah Fuller. Sarah Fuller, exactly. And a poor girl really never even got in the game because they never scored. She got to kick off in the second half, but never got a chance to attempt a, an extra point. But again, they're, we're putting people on rosters that aren't even on the team. And the Broncos were dead serious about trying to have a coach play quarterback in this game. So the NFL says no. So what are we going to do? Let's go through our practice squad. Now, for a lot of people who don't understand how the practice squad works, there's eight people on a practice squad, and they're basically the scout team. Usually don't have a quarterback on the, on the, on the practice squad. They're usually wide receivers, defensive backs, people that you can mix and match and you don't you get some of your other guys hurt. So you've got Kendall What's-His-Name, who was a high school quarterback, Okay, he was a high school quarterback and uh, he played at at Wake Forest until they moved him to be a wide receiver. So while he was a quarterback at Wake Forest, he threw eight touchdown passes and seven interceptions. But he goes, he's the only guy that we have on our roster. So let's go ahead and put him in there. Kendall Hinton, by the way. And you're right, Frank. So they didn't even start him at quarterback. I don't know if you saw the opening series. They didn't even start him at quarterback. Yeah, they were snapping to the running back. Yeah, exactly. They went wildcat with Lindsey, and then on third down, okay, now let's bring in our quarterback. And then now let's try to make him throw the ball. 
So now, yeah, now that we know you absolutely have to throw, right. get in there and get right. her done. Right, and uh, yeah, so get his, her done. His stats: <laughs> one for nine. He did complete one. It was be. It, it was not. That was in the second half, right? The second half, yeah. It, and it was behind the line of scrimmage, and uh, so yeah, they gained thirteen yards on that play. One for nine, thirteen yards, and uh, that was just an embarrassment. But if you were a better, there was nothing easier than this. I know a lot of people got scared off of this game because the uh, Broncos were a 17-point underdog. It wasn't going to matter. I threw it into my OV picks at the last minute because it's like, why not? Because that line was already set or whatever out there. And if there was a plus for Hinton, you said that he had the one completion, one of nine, but he did have three balls that didn't hit the ground. Yeah, two were picked off. intercepted. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so a lot of people say, what are we watching here? And then on the other side, you got Taysom Hill, who's not your prototypical drop-back quarterback. So you basically had Wildcat versus Wildcat yesterday. Well, and it's interesting, too, because you look at Hill out there, and I remember the week before somebody saying that Hill is basically Tim Tebow with speed. Right. And then here he is in a game against the Broncos, in a game that the Broncos are tying records or making records that haven't been done since Tim Tebow was the quarterback. So it all kind of went full circle around a little bit there. But, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. And I guess it's because Peyton Manning's too busy making commercials and they couldn't bring him back. And, and of course, uh, <laughs> you know, every, Elway is way too old to put back in there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, like you said, they're trying to go to the practice squad and the coaches and everything else out there. But it, absolutely horrendous. I mean, th- what you know, I did feel sorry for the linemen for the Broncos and for the defense. Because the defense was playing their butt off trying to keep them in the game. Right. And it's like, talk about being the sacrificial lamb. They were literally sent to the slaughterhouse in that game. And they had no chance unless the defense somehow miraculously stood up and got some turnovers and not only got the turnover, but scored with the turnover. Right, right. And you feel bad for Kendall Hinton as well, too. The guy who is thrust into this situation basically within 24 hours, and he's got to go back there and face a very good Saints defense, uh, you know, with, with, with that crew. It was, yeah, it was, it was ugly to watch. But again, if, if, if you were better, I know a lot of people were like saying, okay, well, I, I'd love to be able to play the Saints here. But if you really handicap this, it's like how in the world can the Broncos possibly score? Do you think anybody got greedy that maybe got that game early before we knew about the four quarterbacks and then tried to get a middle and maybe went the other side going, well, if it's up to 17, oh, I mean, yeah. come on, it's going to be. Yes. I mean. Sure. Because you had a, an 11-point middle. Well, yeah. You could have had that, that. That's what I'm know? saying. I yeah. mean, you, you would have got a really huge middle there. But at any point, was there any way that you thought – yeah, they could get this done. It was basically no. you had to count on the Saints just screwing up. Right. So listen to these stats. Okay, 31-3 to the final yesterday, the Saints over the Broncos. Denver, six first downs. Not sure how they even got six first downs. One for 10 on third down and 112 total yards. I cannot remember an NFL football game where I've seen 112 yards unless it was in a snowstorm uh, I think there was a Buffalo game years ago that, that had something ridiculous like this where a team had like 49 yards or 87. It was something like this, and there were just turnover after turnover and very bad weather. But in this situation yesterday, yeah, you, you kind of do feel feel sad for the Broncos. Uh, Kareem Jackson, we mentioned him. This is what he had to say after the game yesterday for the Broncos. Definitely don't have an explanation. Um, I feel like, you know, um, I mean, maybe it could have been moved. But at the same time, maybe, you know, the league, you know, just just make an example of us as far as, you know, us not doing the things we needed to do in that particular room, in that quarterback room. Obviously, guys didn't follow the protocol. So for them to see that, I guess they, you know, felt like they had to um, uh, make an example. So at the end of the day, I mean, it is what it is, you know, just got to just keep pressing forward as a team. And I can't see the NFL just saying, well, because you don't have a starting quarterback, we're not gonna we're not gonna postpone this game, and it's not fair to the Saints. And I feel this way with the, with Steelers Ravens situation as well too. I feel bad for the Steelers because they've been wanting to play this game. Absolutely. They're on a roll, so I don't think this game should be postponed. If you don't have players, and I understand, you know, COVID, anybody can catch COVID. Okay. There is a situation where you can be reckless, and we've talked about that with the Raiders situation time and time again. To a certain degree, yes, the Broncos were that way. But the bottom line is, if these games are on the schedule, 
and you have a majority of the players that can play, you got to play. I agree with that. And and not only should they have played the game, in my opinion, they should have played on Thursday. Yes. They should have played it way back on Thanksgiving, what was originally there, and just said, look, all right, these players are out for you, but you're playing the game. Like we've mentioned a couple times now, it was postponed till Sunday, then to Tuesday, now to Wednesday. We don't know if it's going to be able to be played on Wednesday or not. And it seems like every day it's postponed, we, they're getting more and more COVID tests on these teams. So what's it really accomplished? By the time this game, this game is played on Wednesday, if it's played then, we might have fewer players playing for both sides than we would have if they would have just played the damn thing on Thursday originally like it was supposed to, which was a primetime game on Thanksgiving. By the way, if you're a sponsor for NBC, how happy are you with these decisions right now? Right, exactly. And we always talk about money dictates everything. It hasn't in this case. Yeah, NBC, I mean, they've had that crew back there since, you know, probably what, Monday or Tuesday. Thursday game, postpone, we'll go to Sunday, postpone, we'll go to Tuesday, postpone, and now we're going to play on Wednesday. So, Or who knows, maybe we'll have a Thursday doubleheader. Maybe yeah. it'll be pushed back to that. <laughs> Next hour, Matthew Holt will join us. We'll talk about a big day for the sports book. Steve Berline will also join us, the quarterback, and does a fantastic job on CBS with the NFL. When we come back, we talk about the fiasco that happened in Atlanta yesterday. A lot to dive into on the program today. Monday afternoon quarterback edition, what happened to the Raiders? We'll break all that down when we come back. The T.C. Martin Show. There's only one thing we know for sure. The Giants of New York took on the Packers of Green Bay. The Dr. T.C. Martin. He was a most ripping victory by kicking an oblong ball made of pigskin to a big H. The Doctor is now in. Don't forget, get on over to William Hill and get the mobile app if you don't have it already. And it's a great time for you to get some free money in your account. That's right. You deposit at least $50 in a new William Hill U.S. account. You will get $50 matched. Got to use the promo code TC50. So get on over to one of the William Hill uh, establishments, specifically the Cosmopolitan, our Friday home. We'll be back there this Friday, so make sure you come on out and see the show. But, yes, get the William Hill mobile app. And, again, $50 deposit will get you a $50 of free money into your account TC50 is the promo code. Get her done, as Frank says. There you go. Just like the Atlanta Falcons got it done yesterday. Yeah, I think Larry the Cable Guy might actually have said that before yeah. me, but yeah. He, he, he probably coined it, probably has the <laughs> copywritten verbiage to Get that. Get her moment. done. Exactly. All right, what happened yesterday? The Atlanta Falcons beat the Raiders 43-6. to Just a downright horrendous performance by the Raiders. And for people that bet this game, and again, I'm not going to throw any fire on that or oil on that at all, but think about this. What business do the Raiders have being a three to three and a half point favorite on the road? And I understand that you could say you think they're a better team than the Atlanta Falcons, but this game just kind of had the makings of, of a team traveling cross country. Uh, facing a Falcons team that has been playing pretty good. And I'm sorry, I mean, the Raiders really should not be favored over anyone on the road except maybe the Jets. Oh, and by the way, they play the Jets in the next game, and and, and they're going to, I think they're seven and a half, eight point favorite as it sits right now. But this was definitely the worst performance of the season by the Raiders. It was inexcusable. They started the game off badly uh, on their first possession. They had the ball at their own 45 on a fourth and one, and Gruden decides to go for it. They get turned away on a Josh Jacobs, basically off tackle or around the right end instead of smashing up the middle there. He got stopped, uh, and really that was the beginning of the end for the Raiders because it just got worse after that. This team was down 16-3 at the half. They were outscored 27-3 in the second half. They went without scoring a touchdown despite having the ball first in goal at the three-yard line in the first half, having a chance to get in. First in goal at the three. Do you know where they ended up on this series? At the 23-yard line. You went backwards 20 yards. Why? Well, because you had a lot of bad penalties. You had a lot of mistakes. But this was just 
a horrendous performance by the Raiders all the way around. They had five turnovers in the game, four fumbles. Actually fumbled five times. They recovered one of their, one of their own. Uh, Carr with an interception. But here, here it is for me. 141 yards and penalties. We have seen this time and time again, year after year. 11 penalties in all, 141 yards. This cannot happen at the NFL level. We had this conversation last year, the year before. This is the Raiders. And why this keeps popping up, doesn't matter who the coaching, who the coaching staff is, this team is undisciplined. And we've seen it time and time again with Gruden where they have 100-plus yards in penalties. You saw no fire from this team. You saw no leadership from this team. An abysmal performance against one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, certainly record-wise one of the worst teams in football. I I think earlier on the season you said that they were better than their record was, Mm -hmm. and they were kind of finding ways to lose Atlanta. They were snake-bitten early on. They seem to be playing with a lot more confidence now. They are playing maybe with a little bit of uh, house money because, you know, it's like, I mean, what what do we have to lose at this point in the Mm -hmm. season? But in a game that you would think the Raiders would come out knowing that they control their own destiny, even though they lost the game to KC, that should have been a morale booster for them. They beat KC once. They've beaten the Saints, so they've beat quality teams. But, yeah, to go into Atlanta and not think that this was going to be a tough game, they didn't have any running attack whatsoever. Jacobs, 27 yards on only seven carries. Now, obviously, when you're behind, you are chasing the game. But like you mentioned, after the first quarter, it was only 6 to nothing, And then they actually got the first field goal. They got the first score in, this, in the second yeah. quarter. So, so they were in the game at that point, and then they just completely fell apart, turning the ball over, the stupid penalties, not moving the ball, not doing anything. And like you said, what I don't understand is no fire, no urgency, no anything there. This is a team that was playing for a chance – to control their destiny to make the playoffs. And it's an extended playoff this year. We know there's at least one other team going in there. And they just completely pardoned the pun with playing the Falcons, but laid an egg. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. It was an atrocious game. And then it kind of snowballed and got really out of hand. But uh, the Falcons showed no mercy. They were out there. They were having fun. And the Raiders had absolutely no response. Mm -hmm. And this is actually a team that's played pretty good on the road for the most part this season Mm -hmm. going into this game. But just a horrible, horrible game yesterday. I'm sure one that they want to forget. But if they miss the playoffs by one game, they don't have to look any further than this because they weren't ready. Yeah, so much of this. And to hit on your point here about the yards rushing and the attempts, they were down 16-3 to at halftime, and they really didn't give up on the run until the second half, but it just kept blowing up on them. All right, time of possession, they hardly had the ball at all in this game. They were 3-for-12 on third down. You mentioned... Uh, Jacobs had 27 yards. As a team, they had 40 yards running the football. 243 total yards altogether. That is abysmal. And again, you look at the penalties, you're going backwards. But you, especially when, it, when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs, you've got to attempt to run the ball. Alex Ingold can run the ball as well, too. And, and Carr was awful. But again, it was all the way around. Offense, defense, special teams, just downright pathetic. You know, roughing the passer, running into the kicker. I mean, mean, inexcusable. And and the turnovers really, really cost them the game. You you cannot turn the ball over like that. You just can't. And and, uh, and have Carr say, well, yeah, I should have had two hands on the football. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, five fumbles in this game. You lose four of them. Have an interception. Five turnovers. And here's the thing about the Falcons. And we heard Gruden say, and he knew that he was going to, you know, get this thrown back in his face, say, oh, this is the best 3-7 and seven team in the history we've ever seen. Okay, granted, but guess what? You had no Julio Jones yesterday, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, their best wide receiver. You had your starting running back, Todd Gurley, out of this game. You had a defense that was a, a mishmash uh, that, that couldn't stop anybody all year. So to say that the Falcons are 37 points better than the Raiders, ridiculous. And they put it on him yesterday. That's what the score was, 43-6. to six. So I'm not buying that you know, the, the, the Raiders were overlooking the Falcons. No, this was a dangerous situation. They got out-hustled. They got out-played. Or more importantly, they got out-coached big time. Well, and not only that, but if they were overlooking them. By interim coach. Yeah. If they were overlooking them, then shame on them yeah. because there's absolutely no way that you can do that. And the other thing, when you look at this score – 
you're, you're probably thinking, oh, I'm going to check out the stats. And, boy, Ryan must have had a, one of his Pro Bowl type of games when he was at his best. He had 185 yards passing. Right. Uh, the, the turnovers and everything else absolutely cost them and the lack of fire. They weren't ready to play. They didn't come out and show anything. And they were in the game. As bad as, like you mentioned, they got off to the start, they were only down 6 nothing after one quarter. It was 6-3 in the second quarter, and then they gave a touchdown. So it was still 13-6. They're right in the game. Mm-hmm. And then they just just completely didn't show up. You can't have that. I don't know how good this team is. I don't think any of us do. We know that they get up for big teams, and they can compete with them. They certainly showed that. Again, they beat the Saints. They beat the Chiefs. They almost beat the Chiefs twice. But the mark of a really good team is you find a way to win the games when you don't play your best, and then you beat the teams you're supposed to. Right. They were supposed to beat this team. They lost by 37. Exactly. And they're 6-5 and five now. They don't control their own destiny. Or could they still be a playoff team? Possibly. That game they lost to the Patriots last month. That could come back to haunt them in the tiebreaker. The Patriots got one yesterday uh, over the uh, the Cardinals when they won that game twenty to seventeen. That could you know that could be a a, a big tiebreaker uh, coming your way here. But you you've got to be consistent, and the Raiders are not consistent. And at times we see these flashes of brilliance, and you you, you get excited about this team. But here's where the concerns have always been for the Raiders: they've been undisciplined. On display yesterday, like we said, 141 yards of penalty. The defense atrocious. They can't stop anybody. They can't stop middling offenses. And when the Falcons put up 43 on you, to your point, with Ryan having whatever he had, 200 yards. 185. 185. And you're giving up 43. I just goes to show you there is no faith in the defense whatsoever. And now you're at a point where, you know, we were always concerned about the offensive line with the COVID issues going into that Buccaneers game way back when. And now this offensive line is getting banged up. They play the Jets next week. And they're going on the road to play the Jets. Flashback, this game reminded me of what we saw last year. It was the exact same situation. The Raiders were 6-4, and four, just like they were heading to this game yesterday when they went to go play the Jets last year. Remember what happened in that game? They got blasted 34-3 to three to the lowly Jets. Now they got to go on the road to play the Jets next weekend. Now, I'm sure the Jets aren't going to blast anybody, you know, especially 34-3, to three, but it is a dangerous situation when you got to travel cross-country again. And remember, the Raiders were talking about staying out there. Now they're coming back, and they're going to travel again. And the Jets are hungry. Uh... But this is this is the way they closed the season last year. The last six weeks, they were 1-5, I believe, the way they closed the season. And this is where it all went bad for them last year. It seems to be the, the spot where it could go bad again. And yesterday, just an abysmal performance. John Gruden had this to say after the game. Well, we just did. We just put it behind us, and that's what we have to do, and that's what we will do. Uh, it's a challenge right now for any team, I think, uh, concentrating through all the adversity, the ups and downs, players coming and going. Uh, there, there's some things you got to fight through, but you know when when we got hit in the mouth, I think with the fourth and one, the stop, uh, then we fumble the next play. We've got to get up off the mat and fight bet, back better as a coaching staff and as as a football team. And uh, that's something we got to take a look at. Like I said, it's a reflection of me, and um, I apologize to the Raider fans. All right, a reflection of John Gruden, a reflection of the coaching staff, but this is not the first time that we've heard this after losses. At some point in time, you have to correct these issues. And people are always saying, is it scheme? Is it it situations where they they don't have personnel? Is Is it the play calling? I'll tell you right now, it's not the play calling because when you turn the ball over five times, okay, that's just not having any attention to detail. That's just careless football. And again, to be able to just let this thing snowball and steamroll downhill the way it is, and again with no fire, that's on coaches, it's on players, and to make adjustments, especially against an undermanned Falcons team. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's sloppy football. It's careless, like you said. It's reckless. The other thing, too, that you got to be concerned with if you're a Raider fan out there or if you're watching these games 
The games that they've won or the games that they've been close, like the Kansas City game last week, they've been exciting games where the offense is rolling, but sometimes the defense can give up points anyhow. But when the offense quits clicking or when they do turn the ball over, that's when other teams go on a run. Remember the Tampa Bay game? They were right in that game. And then Tampa Bay rolled, and their offense didn't have the response to it. And that's the scary thing. When the Raiders' defense goes south, sometimes their offense still picks them up and they can find a way to win the game. But you have also has to have some games out there where the defense can win a game for you. And I don't know whether that we've seen a lot of that. Maybe the New Orleans game a little bit when the offense rolled and then the defense did stop Drew Brees and the Saints offense in that second half especially. But too often when things start getting out of hand, all of a sudden it gets way out of hand and then you have lopsided scores like, like we saw yesterday, like we saw in the Tampa Bay game, other things like that. And you just can't have that, especially if you are a playoff team. If you make the playoffs, that's great. But you want to make noise in the playoffs, and you want to be competitive there right now. I don't know that we're going to see that. And I'm also curious because if they do make the playoffs, we know one thing for sure. They're going to be going on the road. Right, right. And you talk about the Saints game. I mean, that was week number two. That was the second week of the season. This defense is nowhere near that. And call it injuries, call it whatever, but this team has just looked atrocious on the defensive side of the ball. And again, if you had any a semblance of defense whatsoever. You come up with one stop last week against Kansas City, you win that game. You you win that game. And again, yesterday, they don't show up at all. More from Gruden afterwards talking about the uh, deficiencies that the Raiders had. We've been pretty good to this point. We've, we've had a couple games where we, we have been penalized, roughing the passer, I mean, roughing the kicker. Uh, we had some holding calls, illegal hands to the face. You know, you fall behind in the down and distance. Um, you give teams free shots. It's a it's a recipe for disaster, and, and that was what you saw today. Okay, and what changes going forward? Well, yeah, that, that's nice that you're aware of what the problems are. And it's nice that you said that's what we had today. What do you do to stop that from happening? You're the coach. You can't let players do that. There's got to be accountability. If a player does that, he's got to be taken out of the game. He's got to be reprimanded in some way or something so you don't do it again. Hands to the face, that's sloppy football. You know you can't do it, so why are you doing it? Holding, yes, sometimes guys are going to get called for holding, and that's something that you can debate forever. They say they can call holding on every play in the NFL. But the other thing is roughing the passer. Again, you know the rules. You can't hit him. And if you do, then you have to pull back. Roughing the kicker, unless you're blocked into him, there's really no excuse for that. You can't have those kind of penalties, and you can't just shrug it off and say, well, that's what we saw today. No, that is what we saw today. What are you going to do to assure us that we don't see it again next week and the week after that and the week after that? Attention to detail. (laughs) This has been the Raiders' problem for years and years and years. Now, they're six and five right now. I know fans don't want to you know, get, go crazy here. And again, go by one game here. But you look at what the Raiders have coming up. They have five games left. And really, they have one of the easiest schedules of any of these perennial playoff teams. They play the Jets. The Jets are probably going to go 0-16, maybe 1-15. And, and again, really have been non-competitive. Yesterday, they got drilled again by Miami and, uh, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, Then they got to play the Colts, and they host the Colts in this game. And this is going to be like a playoff game because basically the winner is going to have the inside track. Probably the winner, if it unfolds the way I think it will, the winner's probably in, and the loser could be out of this game. And, and remember, Rivers knows the Raiders too. Oh, so, so he does have that event. It's not like a Colt team that you don't hardly ever face or whatever. Right. As a team you don't, but Rivers is a quarterback mm-hmm. that knows this team and this organization very well. Right. And they're like a top 2 defense in the NFL. The Colts are right now. Okay, it didn't work out well for them yesterday, but they have a very strong defense. Then you play the Chargers, who have been horrendous. Then you got the Dolphins, okay? So they're going to play two teams that have winning records, and then you're going to play the Broncos. So if you're five games, you're facing two teams with winning records. That's, that, that's what you're, so it is very, very doable here. But like you said, you've let a couple games get away. The Falcons were 3-7 and seven 
you know, you know, coming into this game. Uh, you let one get away against the Patriots. Uh, there, there are other games uh, as well. You, you played pretty well against Buffalo, and Buffalo, you know, beat you. So they got that win on, uh, you know, on the road with the Browns. It was ugly as can be. It was only sixteen to six. So do they control their own destiny? No, they're going to need some help. But the schedule is very, very friendly. Well, and, and while they don't control it, let's face it: if they should win out, they're going to make the playoffs. Because somebody else will stumble, too. Because when teams are in must-win situations, they're in must-win situations because they haven't won enough that they have the luxury of not having to win. But, yeah, you look at that. Even the Jets game, like we said this week, you just mentioned it. They're 0-11. As bad as they are, and they're horrible. They are a terrible, terrible football team. I'm sure they don't want to go 0-16. I'm sure, I'm sure they don't want to make that no. history there. So you would think that if they have any pride whatsoever, that they're going to show up and they're going to go, hey, you know what, this is on our home turf. This is a game that's winnable. Look what happened yeah. to them last week against the Falcons. The bottom line is you can't look past anybody. The fans can put a W in the win column all they want to. They can go by the rest of the schedule. They can put it in pencil where you can erase it. They can put it in ink or magic marker. It doesn't matter because the games are still yet to be played. The Raiders players and coaching staff cannot do that. They've got to get them ready for every game. And it's funny, too, because you mentioned the Miami game. I'm thinking at this point it's like, are they better off if they face the starting quarterback or the backup quarterback right, in that game? Right. Personally, I think that they hope that two is back and healthy by that game because <laughs> I think that they have a better chance of beating Miami with two than oh, they no. do with Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. No doubt. And uh, speaking of that game yesterday, where again the Raiders' next opponent is the Jets, uh, you know the, the twenty to three score. Fitzpatrick was back yesterday for Miami. He was twenty four for thirty nine, two hundred fifty seven yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Just the opposite of what Sam Darnold did yesterday with no touchdowns and two interceptions. And the Jets were thinking, I guess they weren't thinking, but I guess fans were thinking, like, hey, let's go back to Joe Flacco because look at the points that the Jets put up the last two weeks. They put up like 55 points combined with Flacco as your quarterback. You bring in Darnold, and what's Adam Gates say? He says, nope, 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 don't worry. Sam Darnold is our quarterback. Here was the quote from Gates today. He said, we need to have Darnold on the field as much as possible. So what that tells me is they're going to forego who the better quarterback is to lead the Jets forward to potentially get that one win because they're paying Darnold a boatload of money knowing that he could still be the future. But then again, if you got the number one overall pick, you're going to pick Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. So Darnold's going to be expendable. they got that big contract. They're going to have to trade him. So from, if I'm Adam Gaze, I'm thinking, why in the world do I need to look at Darnold? He's hurt anyway. The team doesn't respond to him. They play pretty well with Flacco. If I want to beat the Raiders, I want to get one win, two wins, maybe three wins. I'm going with Flacco. Well, plus, I mean, let's be honest about it. And I know that in the world today, the owners spend all this money on number one draft picks and that, and they want to see these guys out there playing. They want to see them on the field. Whatever happened to a guy holding a clipboard for a little while to learn the system and to learn the NFL? Johnny Unitas didn't start right away. He had a pretty good career. A lot of quarterbacks. That guy up in Green Bay right now, he held the clipboard for a couple years. Three. As, as much as I can't stand it, he's a really good quarterback. He's one of the best in the NFL. So why are you hell-bent to force him in right now? What if you ruin his confidence? You mentioned how he's get banged up a little bit. What if he gets hurt and all of a sudden you ruin his career? By the way, have you heard the rumors out there that there's talk right now that Trevor Lawrence is talking about Staying at Clemson if the Jets do have the number one pick because he doesn't want to go there. Right, right. But on the other side of that, they had a senior day, and even though he, he's, he's a junior, he, he went out for senior day. <laughs> so right. I think he's already saying, I'm out. But he might want to pull uh, an Elway or a, or a Manning saying, well, yeah, I'm going to the draft, but don't draft me because yeah, I'm, I'm not, not coming. I'm not playing for that team. So that, I think that's more likely the it, scenario it, it that could, could happen. Be. Yeah. It could be. It could be. But that's, that's scary. And, and going back to, to the Dolphins with, with, with Tua, especially considering the injury that Tua had last year, and you didn't know what you're going to get with Tua. And sure enough, he starts three games, and what happens? He gets injured. Now, it's not the injury that you know, de- uh, de- debilitated him you know, there uh, last year for Alabama and put a big question mark with his pro career. But, again, w- you just don't know 
you're going to say that it's injury. That's why you went back to Fitzpatrick. But again, you went to Fitzpatrick because he gave you the better shot to win. Now are we going to have this quarterback controversy, which we've talked about several times during the course of this season. And which they've created. They've created, exactly. And Fitz, lo and behold, he sits out a few weeks. He's rusty. Boom. Sharp as can be yesterday. Put up some very, very good numbers again. But, yeah, if you go to Tua, and it's a big question mark whether the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. Because, again, you can't trust him. At all. You can't trust him. Well, no, and, and it's not like he was lighting the world on fire when they were winning those games. They played some really bad teams, and they found ways to win. You know, that first game he played, you mentioned it. He wasn't good at all. The second week he said, well, I played better this week. Again, they beat bad teams with him. To me, it couldn't have worked out better for them if they want to be smart about it, at least what I think with them would be smart about it. They have the perfect reason right now to not put him back in, to say he got some starts, we got him some reps, We'll try to get him some more reps throughout the season, but right now we don't want to get him injured again. So we're going to play Fitzpatrick. We're going to try to make it into the playoffs and see where things go from there. You got him the chance to play against some bad teams and get some W's anyhow. Now that he's legitimately hurt, you have the perfect excuse to not put him back in there. Do right by Fitzpatrick. And oh, by the way, everybody else in that locker room who's busting their butt to make the playoffs. You got it. All right, I'll talk some more football on the other side. Steve Berline will join us. Matthew Holt will preview tonight's Monday Night Football game. We have got the Seahawks and the Eagles. There's another bad football team in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz, wow. All right, we'll handicap that for you. And also, basketball tonight, UNLV coming off that embarrassing loss that they had at home to Montana State last week. They're playing North Carolina at 4 o'clock. The Tar Heels, a 12-point favorite in that one. We'll break that down for you as well. Don't you dare go anywhere. Ballpark Frank, T.C. Martin right here on a Monday afternoon. Quarterback edition of the T.C. Martin Show.